Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Deeply Rooted Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about something near and dear to Jess's heart and something that I need to be tapping into a little bit more, the systems for self-care, how to like manage in whatever phase of business you are, whether that's starting or scaling or stretching, and we'll go through all of that so you can understand what areas of support you should be systemizing, how it actually helps you as you embrace this craziness of entrepreneurship, and how when you add these systems to your life, it's not just another to-do on your list, that it's a supportive element in your business. Are you ready, Jess? I am ready because I feel like systems get such a bad rap in the online space. They're definitely, for someone who tries to sell systems as one of our offers, they're definitely not the easiest, most sexiest thing to sell because their benefits are more, I don't want to say intangible, but yeah, more intangible. When you, fo- when you invest in marketing, you want to immediately see like an ROI in terms of like sales and revenue that is coming into your business where systems have this like sneaky underlying where if they're a mess, you're not going to be supported and you're going to feel the chaos, but it might not necessarily be like as easy to connect the dots. So today's episode, I really want to help you flip the way that you think about systems in your business from just another to-do on your to-do list to really being something that can support you, not only your business, you and your business, not only as you grow, but really one of the best things that you can do to protect your mental and emotional well-being for yourself as a business owner. Because the goal of the systems that I put in place are to create more peace in your business, to create more predictability in your business so that you can be less stressed and really live in your zone of genius and do what you do best. So one of the places that I see people get pulled off course is trying to implement the wrong systems at the wrong time, maybe systems that they're not ready for. Evergreen Funnels, which is a system, it's one of the more sexier systems because there's a revenue tied to it and it makes it sound like you have passive income. But in reality, that's maybe one of the last, like a level three system when you need to be starting with a level one system. So today we're going to go through the different phases of business. We've talked about these before, but starting, stretching, and scaling your business. And we're just going to discuss the systems that we think are most beneficial to focus on and get in place at that stage of the journey so that as you're moving through your entrepreneur growth, you're creating this cascade of calm and you're not having to double back and go redo Um, or reinvent a system that you've already created. That's probably going to happen inevitably, but we're going to, as best as possible, go in a streamlined and organic way to create flow in your business. I love the cascade of calm. That's, (laughs) I'm like trying to embody that energy this year. All right, so let's get into our first system. And I think this above anything else, when you first get started, I know when I was first starting out as an entrepreneur, this was something that I... (laughs) So let's get into the first system that I think anybody should get in place when you begin working for yourself, especially if you're moving from like a corporate job or working for someone else. 
is your time management and planning system because you're probably going from someone or some company at least giving you a general direction of what to do to now, as Charlie says, you're the CEO. You've got to put your CEO, is it hat or pants yeah. on? Hat on. You've got to put your CEO pants on and come up with some sort of planning system so that you can determine your priorities. We did a whole episode back in episode, back in season one, about the five different planning meetings that I think that every business should have, whether you have a team or you're not. But basically, it is periods of time where you're going to sit and reflect and identify your priorities and figure out what needs to get done on your to-do list. Along with that, I also think figuring out like your weekly work cadence. So what days are you taking calls? What days are you doing admin work? When are you doing actual client work? When are you doing your marketing tasks? I think figuring out different time blocks of when you need to do that. I actually have a video on my YouTube channel about how to figure out like a schedule that works for you based on are you being energetic? So if you're into that, but it'll take some finagling. But those are the two places that I think if you can get you're working on your right priorities and you're working in an efficient manager, your manner, you're just going to set yourself up for success. You agree, yeah, Rachel? I completely agree. But it's also from a layer of like business development, because when you're starting out, you may have no idea how to price yourself hourly or you're not going to initially just go from a retainer perspective. I see a lot of people who create these kind of packages when they're first starting out. Like I'll use like a social media person as an example. And they end up losing money because they put so much time into this package and the hourly rate just doesn't compute properly. So really making sure that like when you're starting and when you're like offer suite is developing, you have the data to back up your hourly rate, your packages, make sure you're actually making a profit from the retainers that you're setting up and all of that, because it is the fastest way to burn out if you don't have that understanding when you're starting, because you could easily be undercharging and overworking yourself from the start. And then you're just digging yourself out of that hole from the get-go. So 100% agree time tracking, time management, all of that is so crucial in that kind of zero to one year time frame as you're getting new clients and all of that. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I thinking back on like me just starting out, I definitely underestimated the amount of time that just admin and marketing would take to get my business out there. And that is definitely a factor in how many hours of client work you need to be doing. So how much you need to be charging for those hours to ensure that you're maintaining a profit. So I completely agree. The next system that I think is really important to have in hand, and I actually saw a question on Brett's the other day, and it was like, how did you get your first client? And the majority of the answers were from pitching to my network. But I think establishing some sort of connection system where you're actively outreaching to potential clients or collaborators to really get your business out there seen and heard. I think it can be tempting to start on social media because that sounds like 
that's what you're supposed to do. But in reality, I think it's a slower growth. And if you're jobless today, I would definitely recommend emailing. Like when I got laid off during the pandemic, I emailed 40 people that I was doing this new business now. And that was a lot faster than me trying to figure out my marketing message on social media because I reached out to connections that I already had that know and trust factor with me. And I was able to get, maybe it wasn't like my ideal like scenario clients, but I was able to get some experience of working as a freelancer in the business. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that the community aspect and like that connection side in year one is so important because it just makes it less lonely. And even if it's just there from the perspective of getting new clients or whatever that looks like, there's still that layer of true relationship building that is crucial to developing a business. And yeah, I think the loneliness in business, especially that one year, maybe where your friends aren't in business and you have no friends who are in the same situation, having someone that you like tap into and say, hey, have you struggled with this before? Or hey, I'm experiencing this. How do I overcome? Is life-saving. Totally. And if you didn't know, if you're a new listener, that's how Rachel and I met is through a random group in Instagram about manifestation. And if you don't have a network that you can tap into, you know, where I said I emailed 40 or 50 people, if you don't have that network, I think the next place I would recommend going to is like a Facebook group or some sort of finding that your niche there to be able to start to build those connections and just adding value into that group. Uh, the key and with the key is that the relationships aren't often something that you think of systemizing it. And the way that you systemize it, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It's just maybe it's setting aside 30 minutes each morning to interact in your Facebook group or interact on your Instagram or send out those pitches. Maybe if you want to level up a little bit more, setting up some sort of like tracker where you're tracking names and connections and all of that. That's how you put the system behind it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're now we can go, Rachel. We're the third system that I think I am so adamant that this is one of the most important things. And what Jess said, it like, two minutes ago is so accurate about how you shouldn't go full force into building out your marketing systems. I completely agree with that, but there is a layer where you should be building marketing habits. So this is doing market research. This is developing messaging, trying to understand how to speak to people as you are growing and getting to the next phase in business. So whether that looks like having consistent like posts or consistent engagement, really making sure that you're building those habits. I always say that it's so much easier to start an email list when the people that are on your list are not the dreamiest, most aligned clients, but they're people who are still going to give you the data that are is going to formulate and evolve your messaging. So You can make some of those mistakes of not having emails that convert, and you can build the habit of sending weekly, monthly, quarterly emails and still make sure that you're getting comfortable with that aspect because it will take some time away from you. And like just said earlier, you don't realize how much time in that first one, even now, I would say this year going into year five of business where I'm over here or year four. I don't actually, I think it's year four. (laughs) Where you're going into spending so much time on your own marketing, 
and trying to balance client work, when you build those good habits early from a posting, from a content development, all of that, it really does save you the headache of trying to figure it out once you've gotten some clients and are drowning in client work. And then from an email marketing lens, like what would you say is the first, I guess, way that you would recommend to get inbound flow of people as a starting out? Is that like setting up a newsletter or a service guide? Yeah, I definitely think a service guide is probably like the lowest hanging fruit. I would, that's definitely like step one because as you are evolving your services, you can start to get that out easier than like a lead magnet or something along those lines. But then as your list grows in whatever that looks like, you're probably not going to get a lot of growth with just an email, like a newsletter form on your page. But just by structuring it and saying, I'm giving out monthly tips on how to do X, Y, Z, join my list. That's a step in a better direction than just like not having an email list at all. And so during that time, you're not necessarily having to create new like content or anything like that. You can really just be building authority, familiarity, and really growing that no like trust with the people who are engaging in your current space. Whether that means sending out client testimonials or like case studies, that's an e- lower hanging fruit than having to come up with some like marketing structure framework to constantly be talking about in your newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. So along that same vein would be the client onboarding, which I view client onboarding as how potential clients find you. So part of your lead generation. So maybe your service guide is part of that kicks off that onboarding funnel. How do you connect with them? Probably when you're just starting out, you're going to do discovery calls. One, that's your market research right there is actually talking to people that want to hire you. So that's so beneficial. And two, it's, it's not scalable, but it's probably one of the fastest ways to get to profit when you're just starting out. And then so how are they finding you? How are they connecting with you? How are you booking a call with them? Okay, what does it look like after you get off that call with them? Is there proposals sent? Figuring out like contracts, invoices, all of that stuff. And even if it's not automated yet, you at least have the steps written out. Your first systems are just there to support you. So if it's overwhelming to put like a bunch of tech in place, Just write it all out as a checklist so that you don't forget anything or create a checklist and notion that you can duplicate every time you have someone new. And then once you've got that system worked out, and that's why I don't actually recommend going straight to something like Dubsado or 17 Hats or what's the other one everyone uses? HoneyBook. Because if you set all that up and then you realize you need to change something because you are just starting out because it's a lot of like spaghetti throwing when you're starting out, then you have to go and redo the entire system. So I actually recommend like getting like rudimentary first and just using checklist. And then once you've got the system figured out, then, you know, you can put it into a system that's going to help you automate it as well. Yeah, I hate Dubsado. I love Dubsado because it really does streamline things. But I'd made that mistake of going straight into building out complicated workflows and then Every single time I went into it, it was like almost an hour and a half of me like redoing things because baby business owner Rachel didn't know the things that she knows now. So 
totally hear you on that. Start small, start simple, build a system that supports you so you can create that client experience effortlessly. Yeah, yeah. Believe me, as a systems girl, I got stuck stuck in the systems at first. So just to recap those before we move on to stretching. So working on your planning and time management system, working on your connection system, building your marketing habits, and then starting to streamline your client onboarding process. All right. Do you want to take us into stretching? Because I feel like this is. Yeah. So stretching is in that you figured out your own process to bring in clients. You're doing consistent, like you have some consistency in your business. You have a clear ideal client. So I would say like year one to three is in that stretching zone where you're getting a little bit more established. You have some no trust, all of that. So really that next phase from like a marketing side of things, I always call them like targeted inbound flow. So this is not the same as just throwing up a free guide, attaching it to a form and like doing a general welcome sequence. This is really specific to hitting certain goals in your business. So a targeted inbound flow would be like, I want to reach ideal client A who is going to support offer A. So this is as you're getting into your business, you may have different levels of support that you could. If you're a social media manager, you may have a intensive where you do people's content creation in a call, or you might have an actual package where you do five, 10 posts a month kind of thing. So whatever that looks like, getting really focused into building a system that does the work for you and calling in that particular person. I always say start with one ideal client, then expand out into kind of a customer journey, which we'll get into that in the scaling phase of this, but really making sure that you're like getting clear on like pulling in people. And one of the biggest like tips that I say with this is that do it for the thing that's not as easy. Let's say you have tortoises and hares in your audience, which everybody does, and all of the hares are booking the five package or the five post package in your business. If you have more difficult, if you have more difficult time selling those intensives, Create a system that helps you and closes the gap on that. You can turn the dial up, but it, like if that's working, let that keep working. So always using your marketing to fill in the gaps on certain areas. Typically, if you have a little bit harder to of conversion time from a an offer perspective, it means that needs a little bit more nurturing, a little bit more education some support getting them from problem to solution awareness. And that's exactly what a targeted inbound flow can do for you. That's one of the things that I always am adamant on saying, if you're getting into that space where you're multi, like reaching two to three offers within your offer suite, don't expect social media to just do everything for you by segmenting because that's not a thing on social media, but like really embrace systems that can actually segment and actually nurture per a particular offer. So that's, I'll get off my high horse about inbound posts because I could go on and on, but so important as you're in that phase of stretching. Yeah. And this is when you can really start to tap into that benefit of predictability in your business because you can look at, okay, I'm getting this many new leads and this is how everything is converting as far as through my funnel. And once I get someone on a call, 
So that's when you can really start to begin to like project out, you know, how many more people you need or if you eventually want to start to hire. But everything just becomes a lot more predictability when you're doing the same thing consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You want to tackle content creation or you want me to? Yeah, why don't you start on it and then I'll interject. So from a content creation perspective, especially in this stretching phase of year one to three, it's really important to get that conversion messaging solid. So understanding like how to sell is so absolutely crucial during this phase, because if you don't figure out that kind of like magic messaging now, scaling is going to be 25% harder, probably even more. So really understanding like The message that is like the nurture message, the message that can convert them, how to grow your audience in this phase is really important. So really creating those content pillars. I always do an exercise with my new clients and any like intensive clients that I have where we break down like the why do they need you? How does it help them and what do they get? And if you break down that section, the why does it help or why do they need you? is the problem awareness side of your messaging. The how do you help them is the solution messaging that you can be pulling from. And then the what do they get is like those tangibles, less sexy of messaging of they get this and this. So always breaking down your ideal client in those phases and then creating pillars of what works there. I would say that's definitely, from a content creation perspective, how to systemize it rather than just like posting when you feel inspired. Because when you're doing that, you're not creating like a long-term plan. You're just creating, I need to do this now because I have to make a post this week, which kind of sets you a little bit further back in the plan of like productivity, sustainability, and all of that. And once you've determined what to post through your content pillars, then you can begin to move into things like batching or outsourcing and creating kind of a flow of how you do your work. But always start with the strategy first and then the system supports the strategy. Yeah, 100%. So let's kick off with scaling now. All right. So moving in to scaling. So unless you're superwoman like me, some support probably to help grow. I'm so kidding because I so need a team. I think there was a couple episodes back where I was like, I don't need a team. That's a source stressful. Now I move into camp. Give me a freaking team right now. But once you're maxed out on your clients, chances are you're going to want to start bringing on some team members. And this is where it becomes really important to once you've got those foundational systems set up, you're going to want to start to create SOPs around them. So your content creation, like workflow, your onboarding workflow, your how you deliver your services to your client workflow. And then once you have all of those laid out, ideally documented somewhere, maybe with a video, you can drop them into a project management system. I am a giant notion nerd, but there's other ones that you're just not as fun like Asana Think. <laughs> I've been in all of them. Like I've been in Monday. Monday was horrific. Monday, Asana, click up, use Notion because 
it is very forgiving, I think, when you are scaling because you can just drag and drop things around and move them all and make it really messy and clean it back up and change the way it looks. But anyway, getting it into some sort of knowledge management system and one centralized place. And really the goal when you're starting a team is you want to Fiji proof it or in Rachel's case, your proof it <laughs> or you can <laughs> close your laptop, sign off to your computer and Everything that needs to be done in the in your business for those two weeks that you're gone can get done because it's all written out and systemized. The who, the what, the how, the when, and the why. Um, so I will be working in Europe. That is the goal of your I was like, why do I need a project man next time, Rachel? <laughs> oh, unfortunately. Or if you get sick or something like that. These are things that help with continuity. And then also a project management or client management system. I also use Notion for this, but basically this is just a system where, you know, all of your team can be aware of what status each piece of the project is at and have all the resources related to that project in one central location. I feel like people make systems seem like product management systems seem so like crazy and complicated, but it's like really like you're creating a space where everything for that one thing lives and what stage it is. That's it. So yeah, creating those two things I think are key. Other things you might want to think about is like setting up like password managers and that sort of thing as well. But yeah, anything to add on that, Rachel? No, I'm just absorbing because I need to absorb <laughs> All right. And then moving into just some more of the like more scalable sales system, we have live launching and evergreen funnels. So I'll let you take that away. Yeah. I, in this point of scaling to get systems and like income cash injections and things like that, like launching and evergreen funnels are so crucial they connect almost immediately into the customer journey, which is the next system that you should have. So it's imagining taking, you have three ideal clients that all operate at different awareness levels and are perfect for different offers in your business and targeting specifically to them and really making sure that you can integrate evergreen funnel one to downsell two and like really making sure that you're like streamlining passive income. And I say passive very loosely because there's so much effort that goes into evergreen funnels and having the systems that support traffic to those funnels, that support analyzing and optimizing those funnels. There's just so much that goes into it that I've seen a lot of people who are starting, I would say in that zero to one year, try to launch evergreen, try to launch these kind of like live launch funnels and fail very sadly at it. And it's really because it's made for a certain stage of business to do it well and to do it like in a way that is actually worth the energy that goes into it. Yeah. And I feel like live launching too gets kind of a bad rap that it's like some sort of like very, it can become some sort of very complicated thing, but it can also be really simple as a more targeted approach to doing the sales process that you're already doing it. You're just batching it now. So you're doing all of your sales calls, maybe in a more concentrated period. You're enrolling everybody at the same time. And then you're closing off your books for the next three months or so. And so you reopen it as well. 
So it's like you're still doing all of that sales process, but you've got it figured out to a way now and you know how it's going to convert that it works that you can do it in like a, a batch kind of way. Yeah, the episode that we covered, the rest of the creative and the promotional like seasons in your business is exactly speaking to that kind of person who's in that live launching phase. There's so much that goes into that calendar side of it where your like annual plan has all of these different seasons built out into it. But live launching is one of the biggest like cash injection consolidated efforts into your marketing calendar. Customer journey automation. Anything to say on that? Yeah, just just imagine in that stretching phase where you've created one targeted inbound flow to sell a particular offer is creating multiple of those and like connecting the pieces on it. It's really embracing the metric of customer lifetime value and your conversion rates so that you're doing a lot more in an automated sense. This is can be tacked on to a live launch or to an evergreen funnel, but it's really saying I'm taking this one subscriber through a very curated path because you have this deep understanding of your customer journey. And it's taking like, it's doing it all in the back end. So you're not going on social or sending like newsletter type emails. These are all automated journeys that are happening when a particular event takes place. So it is definitely designed for that person who's in that scaling phase to optimize customer lifetime value because you're stretching but not needing to do more or not stretching, but you're scaling, but you're not needing to do so much promotion on the front end because your systems are on the back end taking over. So it's the only thing I have to add. There's so much more we could talk about from a customer journey, but that's its own other episode. All right. So we wanted to leave you just with some tips when you're starting to integrate systems into your business. And I think the number one thing that I want to share is that systems are there to support you. So you don't need to be looking outward to what system to create for your business. Typically, if there's a point of friction or frustration or you're setting a goal and you're just not hitting it or something's consistently falling through the cracks, that's where you need to look first to create a system to support that. Do you have any that you would like to share? From a tip perspective? Yeah, any system tips? Just go into it with an evolution. Go into it knowing that one thing is going to change and the next thing is going to evolve. Setting a system up doesn't mean that it's stuck in stone or set in stone, but there's always this kind of like evolutionary process that happens with your systems as you become more familiar and like embracing of them. And then I guess that's the last thing. Just embrace systems. Yeah, yeah. I definitely don't be afraid to start small. Like I see people go all in and all like the tech and the bells and whistles. And then what happens is like tech drag because they don't know how to use that tech properly. So start small, build look for the friction points and that's where you're going to focus on first totally anything else um, that's all i have all right until next time we're yeah. rooting for you yeah.